coming up today. Like it's sort of like the opposite of what you would think. It's like, oh, you experiment in your gallery shows where you have total freedom, and then you apply those experiments to commercial projects. Whereas, like for me, it's like the opposite. This is Radio Juxtapose. Thanks for joining us here at Radio Juxtapose. Today's episode is a conversation between Juxtapose Magazine's Evan Preco and the Canada-born, LA-based designer, animator, artist, Jeff McFedrich. Here is Evan to give you a little context on the episode. Enjoy the show. First off, I was really excited to actually get to talk to Jeff because he and I have known each other for a really, really long time. And I've had really, really, really good discussions with him about what he does. And I think what's so unique about what he does is that he does so much fine art, commercial projects, kind of his own stuff, that it all has kind of become this really, really unique body of work that crosses over so many different things and kind of doesn't change so much per project, but what I, in terms of if it's a fine art project or if it's commercial product, the aesthetic is still him. But one of the things he says in this interview that is so cool is that when he makes paintings, those tend to be the most universal things that he does. And when he does commercial projects, those tend to be the most personal things that he does. And I love that switch of the conversation, that switch of the mindset where he's given this project to do with Vans and all of a sudden he goes back into his memory bank of like when he, the first time he saw Vans. And then he creates a fake narrative around the fact that he, that, that first time he saw somebody wear a pair of Vans. Yet when he does a painting, he's thinking more broadly about the world. I think that's a cool change in the way we're used to talking to people about those projects. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and there's no tourists here. So it's like this kind of weird experience of like not really being able to go places without like a lot of stuff happening, you know, a lot, a lot of people. It's kind of weird. Yeah, because uh, London is uh, one of those creepy places that it's like you feel like it's like you're like in Disneyland when it's overrun. Exactly. Especially when you go to like the art institutions and stuff. Like if you want to go to like a nice museum show, like you feel like you're in like, you're, you know, you feel like you're at a concert. You know, I watched the Matthew Barney film, at, you know, at the Hayward Gallery for an hour and a half with like nobody around me. Like it was kind of pleasurable. It's kind of nice. I missed that. They did it. They screened that in a theater in LA just before the pandemic. I mean, it's beautiful to watch, obviously. I mean, it's stunning. Yeah. Um, so what is up with you? Immediately, I'm paying like crazy for a show at Half Gallery. You have opportunities to do many things. Many opportunities are floated to you. You have many projects you could be working on. What's prioritizing looking like you at the moment? I mean, you know what's funny? Because like, I did like a uh, – someone came in and did sort of a video, visit to the studio yesterday and like – the only way to answer the question of like, what are you doing? Is I go through my sketchbook and I go through and I like can see like, this is what I'm working on, which is like, I'll turn on one page will be like drawings for this show is like open on my desk. Okay. And then I looked and I was like, cause I couldn't answer the question. And then I flipped the next page and I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this thing for Dropbox. <laughs> and, I was, and I go to that page and it's all these drawings for Dropbox. And then I flipped the page and it's like, oh, this stuff for Hermes, like the luxury. And I was like, there's that, which I knew I was working on, but it was really. And then there's like sort of a lot of pages of that. So there's like five pages of that and like six pages of Dropbox and 10 pages. of it. And then it keeps going. And then it'll be like, oh, yeah. And then I did this thing for I'm doing this thing for Surfer's Journal. And then there's like and then so I, there is there's like 
it's like this list of things that are happening simultaneously, <laughs> but I'm not really aware of any of them <laughs> because it's just like consciousness. Right. Like, are you aware of your consciousness? Right. It's like, no, like you don't go like, it's like hunger and like projects equal footing. Is that because your visual, you've developed a visual language in which you can speak to different projects, but not have to, you create specific things, but also you have this ability to kind of have this visual language that can exist through all the things yeah. that you do. I was surprised when I went through the book <laughs> and I was explaining, because the previous answer of like, I don't really know. But then when you go to the book, you're like, oh, the reason that question is hard to like, or like, it's hard. I think it's hard for everyone to assess. Like, what do you do? Of course. Who, who do you do it for? Yeah. But like when you, the book is like, sort of goes like, oh, it's one project. It's like, there's a larger project which is this like applying, it's like the building of language. So you like build up this language that you can then apply. So it's like, do you write a poem? Do you write a list? Mm -hmm. Do you uh, write it like write an essay with this language? So mm -hmm. the lang and but you try, you're also sort of like growing language. You're like, oh, here's a new letter to the alphabet and here's a new word to describe this. And, but you're also relying on <laughs> previous like vocabulary right so it really is like and that's not to speak like i think that can sound maybe like sort of uh conceited or something no but no no it, actually it's i think the question becomes when did you feel comfortable talking about the fact that you had developed this language and that's like i mean i think it's like over the past few years you okay. know because like you go like because i think it's like you have like for me to address these things like think of how much like i've talked about myself or thought about but it's like taken me a decade to understand exactly what i'm doing right it's like to understand like oh what is actually happening because you i'm just like acting on instinct right and you start to go like well why am i you know the answer to simple things like there, there's simple aspects like what projects do you choose why do you not have like uh staff why do you not have representation or there's all these sort of questions that through the years I've sort of answered with like white questions of like, I like to be independent, right? you know? And it's like, it's not exactly, it's like sort of like you go like, well, where do you, at what point do you get to like some real truths that to me are more interesting, but also I'm like a super nerd for my practice. Like I'm the most dedicated yeah. to like my own, you know, but I think in those details of like, how do you choose projects? Why, you know, you know, and, and how does the studio run? I'm starting to realize, which I've always known that like how I operate, like sort of a central interesting thing. Right. I've been having this conversation a lot recently about how difficult it is to get, especially when, when it comes to writing. And then when you read something like a really beautiful phrase in a book or you read a beautiful line in a poem that really conveys some sort of emotion that you're thinking about how how difficult it is to get from the head to the to the hands to get out right yeah when do you differentiate if you nail it for apple or if you nail it for a canvas does it does it differentiate for you like how much I, the satisfaction of it yeah I, which i think is really cool to, to hear you say that yeah no i think that the idea is like that you don't have these two spheres like that there's this convergence of the work it starts to minimize this feeling of like work for projects 
work in a gallery and like let's reveal like it's sort of like revealing the like what what images what images do in our world Mm -hmm. like let's like like forget about how the delivery system like let's like what can we get to just like if we're all believers in images then let's like forget about the delivery system let's get to like what these like images are doing. Right. Right. And of course, like how you get them is effective. Like if when someone gets something flashed is like music, like Apple's music of the day, like they're not going to be like, it's not the same as like walking up to a painting. Right. Right. But there is like an aspect of it. That's like within any piece of work, you can like, you can sort of like embolden it with sincerity or with some sort of, Something that goes beyond ideas, right? That right. can have some like further meaning. And that like I think that's the interesting zone. And that's like sort of pursuing that. It's like, well, I want to pursue that with projects as well as artworks. Right. You know? And like I'm I'm encouraged that, you know, I encourage that overlap. And part of creating the language is like cre- like it's like creating this like visual language and creating this type of work. Part of it was like, well, what kind of work can occupy both of them? That's the huge sort of that's the, the sort of the sort of challenge, you know. So when you sit down and you are doing the Cooper Cole show that you just had, which I thought was fantastic. I loved the new subtle details and the painting. There was just there was a lot uh, of good stuff happening there. Um, and then now you're sitting down for half gallery and doing these paintings. Do you give yourself like, no, I'm just going to paint for a month and I'm not going to do the other stuff? Or do you like to keep it flowing, like almost just like the ebbs and flows of of all of it at once? I'm doing a painting it's like I was doing the Dropbox piece and I'm doing a painting of the piece I'm doing for this Dropbox thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's going to be in the show currently right now, just by, because like thematically it really like works well. Okay. So it's like, that's like a literal overlap. Right. Because it's like the painting, it's not the thing I'm doing for Dropbox isn't exactly like, it is like just making a piece of art really. Right. But I, I think that there, yeah, there's a, there is like an ebb and flow, but then there is like a time, you know, painting so physical yeah. That like, like I actually go downstairs in my studio and paint. So like, it's like physically, like if I'm going to like work on something, like if I'm kind of coming out of like painting mode and doing something else, I have to like go upstairs in my studio. And that is really like the truth of like that aspect of like what I do. Like painting is so physical, like time-based and like it's so super. So like as much as I have stuff going on in the background, it's like the most you can't like multitask. It's not like a, like a, like a digital desktop where you can be like, doo, 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 right. you know, like be writing this thing and do some graphics and it'll do or whatever. But I think that's, you know, that's also the, what's so important about it. You right. know, there's sort of like, like engaging in prod, like it's like allowing process to be process, not sort of like flattening everything. You know what I mean? Like every, like it's like allowing things to have the time they demand and, even though that, like, obviously my studio is like, there's so much, there, there's all, there's like sort of a lot going on. I basically have two jobs. When we did the interview for Juxtapose, like, I think it was almost 10 years ago now. It, it was weird because it was like, it felt like painting was not new for you, but the, you had like a new joy in it at that time. Like there was like this new kind of revelation you were having with yourself. Like, hey, yeah, I, I kind of like this painting oh, yeah. thing. And like now it's sort of developed where I think people who once knew you for some of the more design work now know you for the paintings. And it's kind of like, like yeah. the last 10 years have been pretty good in terms of the painting kind of like career. I mean, I come to painting through like a huge 
roundabout. Like when I talk, when I, and I don't know if I talked about it in that interview, but like I see it now of the process that brought me to painting. And you know, it's that, it's like the same way, like every little thing, like how you describe yourself, how you understand yourself. It's like understanding myself as like a painter or as someone who it's like, it's like weird to say I'm a painter, right? but like, it's like sort of like that. I found like there are all these elements that, that came together that painting was this like this like receptacle for all these unknowns that the all the other types of work were sort of pursuing and like a lot of that has to do with um like how like controlling how like engaged viewers would be with the work Mm -hmm. and like and then also that thing of like going downstairs like going into this process that was like super formal like yeah. if I decide like, oh, I'm a formal person, which I am, then it's like, oh, well then go really far with it. And don't go far with it, meaning like call the Hollywood set director and build like a giant, you know what I mean? Like yeah. build a, a, a blimp that like carries all this stuff. And you know what I mean? It's like, no, take that energy. And what if you put it into like, you know, developing very microcosmic, very tactile works i was thinking about this this morning that your work has like this sort of almost like this kind of socialist utopia kind of harmony amongst people <laughs> talk about pretension uh the way i said that but there was like this kind of har- harmony amongst the way people interact with each other and it seemed really telling that over like the last 18 months or so like those they actually I feel like looking at your past works actually speak really really well of like maybe sort of these conversations that we needed to have have you have you had any time to reflect on the fact that like your work does kind of speak to the time in a really really unique way? Yes. Well, I mean, I ref- I mean, I realized it was a long time ago. Like you sort of like like when I'm making this work, it's like there's always this like moment because like the way I develop the work is through drawing. So I'll right. do like hundreds of drawings, or and w- once things will sort of go like they'll sort of like auto file and be like this could be a painting. Right. And then there's like a pile of like 10 drawings and it's like one of the, those could be paintings. And then, then they get sort of judged on like, will they sort of like look good or be sort of like compelling in this sort of like in pain or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like when I look at the hundred drawings, it's like, they're all person. It's like the, the very starting point I realized years ago was like all like starting from the same point, which is just like talking about like, our understanding of our, like the relationship of humans with each other, mm-hmm. like in the most basic way, it's just like, like, like almost like at a microcosmic level, like just like this, electrons yeah. bouncing against yeah, each other. Exactly. Rebels, like these know? little, like these little and like unforeseen energies that are or unseen energies that kind of like permeate. Yeah. And it's doing that over and over and over again. And it's like, well, if you could do this like this, what if you did it with two gloves with no hands in it? Oh, it's like AI. What if you did it with like two heads, like bited against each other? What if you did it with heads melted together? What if you had like one head with two heads melted? In, like, it's like this infinite, like, it's like, how do you speak to one? Like, it's like some for like uh, being so engaged in like the creative process for so long. It's like, it's like everything goes away and it's like, no, what if it's just, just take one instead of like coming up with ideas. Like I turned on this idea, this thinking of like, coming up with ideas and I no longer use that word mm-hmm. because it's like, I really changed my gaze, my like, my like mental process to like 
want, like just you already have the ideas. Mm -hmm. There is the idea and you pursue these iterations or thinking. You're just pursuing thinking like meditations on one thing. Oh, I need an idea. Like I get, I'd be like, here's a show, have an idea. Right. It's like sort of turning like, and so I don't know when it was, but like years ago, I thought, and this was like an internal thing of just saying like, it's the opposite of an idea. So I don't know when I said first said that out loud, but yeah. I said it to myself long before I ever spoke about it. Okay. I think I maybe titled a show that and I have no good memory, <laughs> but it's like the opposite of idea. What's yeah. the opposite of an idea right. when you're pursuing work? Now, did, if you hadn't, I mean, this is kind of a dumb question because it really, it, just, it explains itself really. If you hadn't worked in some sort of design language, would you have been able to develop the confidence to do the paintings the way you do them? No. I mean, I love that I use like a design pro Like it's like, I started with like that, like using a design process, mm -hmm. the thinking I got from design and speaking like, you know, like I think speaking out loud, like as I'm talking to you, I'm working through ideas, like right. speaking out loud about my work in this way that maybe is sort of talking about like the function of visuals, which I, for me comes from, like sort of design critique. I don't think, I think I bring, you know, I use, I also use like techniques I learned in school that were like these like archaic sort of uh, commercial art techniques. So it's like commercial art technique. For example. Gouache, like rendering yeah. in gouache, okay. rendering uh, using um, like sort of like mechanical, like mechanicals, like before printing technique, like before like just like printing, like digital printing every layer had to be like applied separately. And the way you would comp that up is like, you would make these like sort of vellum mechanicals. And so it's like this understanding of things as separate like layers that affect each other. And I realized that that's the way I see things. And that led me to silkscreen mm -hmm. um, and those sort of like basic printing processes. But like, I think that like the very, like when I went to art school in like a commercial art program, it was this seeing things as like, flat color, applying like these, like it was, I can't remember what it's called, but creating these like basically like colored, it's like colored pieces that fit together. I mean, it's basically like how I could make a painting out of this technique yeah. and it's done with like, films. Right. Um, but it's like working with gouache and like ruling pens and masks and, you know, learning airbrush in school. And I, I use sort of like all that stuff. Now. Did you find yourself like, reuniting yourself with all this stuff as you go along? I think it comes, it's like, it comes out. Like, it's like, it, it like comes out over time. Like you, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm never like super deliberate about things, but like, it's like, it's more like your own personal history, like sort of like, sort of like weird, like it just comes out, you know, it's like the way you see things, like, it's like, why do I see things the way I do as an artist? That question also is asked, like, why do I do the things the way I do? Right. And it's very much like, how do you answer? Like, how do, why, how do I see things and how do I do things? It's like based on your own personal history and context. And, and I, and you know, like, that's something that I see very clearly now. I always found it interesting that you have a very certain style in terms of the way you dress, the colors that you wear. And it seems like it works so perfectly in the way that your studio was organized and the way that like your paintings are being painted. Like it, I feel like there was like a really, not in a way where it felt like, um, I hope this does, in a way that feel, felt very genuine. Like it was like very much like this is how I organize the stuff 
and myself. Like, so are, are you part of the paintings? Yes. It's like you on your own aesthetics, yeah. right? Yeah. If you like, and you have like the ability to like in certain ways, like if you're like a willing participant, it's like, where does that, where does like what you do in your work end and what you do in your life stop? Right. right. Like, where is that like porous point? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like all one, you're like sort of acting upon your interests or like aesthetics or, you know, and I think it's like the way, yeah, the way I dress and the way the, you know, I think it's also like, there's a lot of things in my paintings, like, like similar to, to like clothes, right? Like I dress these people that, you know, they're sort of like Playmobil people. They're people that have like pants and shirts and hair. And in this very, like in a way that I find it's like funny, but it's also like my version of like this sort of like Playmobil. Like I think of like when they sat down to do Playmobil and they're like, well, how does this read as like a person? Like, how is it still fun? Yeah. Right, like, and they're German or whatever, and they're like, well, they have these GI Joes in in America that have like guns and jeeps, and they're super real. <laughs> and they're like, but we want to do something that feels more imaginative, that leaves more up to the mind of the of the kid, or right? So they're they're engaged in. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know who did Playmobil or. Uh, no, but this makes a lot of sense. This actually does make a lot of sense because there's some sort of like – it's not like utilitarian, but it kind of is. Yes. And so like I, I realize like I dress Playmobil. Like you could say like <laughs> basic guy, yeah, right? right? Or you could say like Playmobil guy. But what does that say? It's because like there's a huge amount – like at what point is the void, right? How do you dress the void? Right. This it's leaving openness, right? Like a mandala, right? right? Is this incredibly complex thing that's about losing yourself in a meditation. Right. So what in our world? How can you so it's like you go like there's ways of dressing that are specific, referential, or they're doing all I mean, I can't even articulate it. And then there's like a way to dress it. Like I feel comfortable when I'm like in Playmobil mode, but it has function. It's super specific. It's like it's the material of like the, the clothes or, you know, there's, yeah. there's this emptiness, right? Like how do you wear emptiness? Well, and I feel like there's this thing that your paintings do where like, it's like unnoticed, noticed or noticed, unnoticed that like you can convey these like very, very like, pretty powerful human emotions simply. But then if you look a little deeper, like the clothes really matter that you paint. And then like, even in yes. the, the show at Cooper Cole, like the facial expressions that you, that you put in all of a sudden, like they, they kind of like, it all started kind of working. In it. But they're like, it's like this level of like, how do you make an entire painting that is both evocative, but also that every element of it can be dismissed. Like you don't like a mandala isn't the point like, Oh, you look at the middle, like a target. Right. Like Target is not a mandala because it has this value system. Right. Right. It like bullseyes. Right. So like a painting without bullseyes is like what I'm looking for. So like I'm, I was trying to remember because I'm painting and I was like, I have to look at images. But I remember there was this point 
because it was very dramatic for me to like paint faces on those people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, was, I remember there was a long period where I was like with this like this like sort of female, vaguely female, they them character that I was like, should they have eyebrows? And I'd be like, eyebrows on, and then a big thing about. And I, I can't remember where I ended up, but I think I'm pretty. I think I ended up no eyebrows. Like eyebrows was like jumping the shark. It was like that's too much face for this face. But then thinking about funny it is like I'm doing a face that has no eyebrows is like that's pretty weird. But well, they also like you don't have eyes really, or you know. So there's all these miss. As much as I'm like, I was at painting this these faces, you know. It was the same, like sort of what we're discussing, like this like. More missing pieces and pieces there, but for this sort of purpose of like the image of the whole. And so, why the faces? What happened? I had to go back and look and see if you had done faces before, and it was, they yeah, were I there. No. <laughs> but this was different. Yeah, it was like, this was it different. Was like, I mean, I think that the the thing with faces is sort of like you. The the danger is like. You know, the face does a lot, you know? Yeah. It's sort of funny because they're sort of like these pandemic things of people like laying around when we couldn't see each other's faces. I mean, but it was, it was sort of also very, it was sort of casually that, that show like came out of like making that video. So it was like, I yeah. was doing this work that was sort of like experimental work. And then it, it's sort of like, I sort of pitched this. So I was already making these like bigger paintings just as like experiments, like in the studio. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, Oh, what if I make, make like a little film out of paintings? And I'd done, so I sort of took like a couple of, I had done another experiment using this turntable and I was sort of like with the video, it was like about taking sort of two experiments and like sort of putting them out in the world. So in many ways it was like, it was just like artistic process of like, Oh, these were experiments I'm putting them out in the world. So there wasn't any like decision of like, you know, all those like, sort of concerns. Like when it came down to actually making the faces, I had to be like, how many questions like, am I going to get about faces now? <laughs> yeah. Well, for myself, right. You know, yeah, but it's, you know, it's, it's like sort of like fun, you know, like I like I make the rules. Like I don't have like a no faces rule, right? but it's like, I do have like, there's like a general, like I just act on instinct when I, when I compose a painting of like what, what I want. Actually, that's interesting because I definitely in my notes today said, what are the Jeff McFetrich rules? Oh, yeah. What are your rules? No outlines. So everything works as like basically okay. fields of color. Okay. That's like the central. That's like when something goes from like a drawing. So a drawing's all outlines. The way I draw, like I draw like vectors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like draw outlines, right? <laughs> so like to go from lines to shapes is like that's the central like – like the image has to run through that. Okay. No faces, generally, but it's not a rule. <laughs> like there's faces. In well, it's clearly not a rule anymore. Uh, already broke a rule. Ro- yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, that's not. I mean, because it's not really a rule. I think it's more about like the no faces. Actually, there's like a larger rule, which is real, which is like this sort of like wandering on, okay. so that it's like as you look at one piece of, if you look at a painting, your eye moves. It's like it operates like an abstract painting. So it operates like a field of color, a series of dots, a like an abstraction, right? So your eye moves and there's this sort of there's that that sort of quality, mm-hmm. like a mandala like quality or a, like an abstract quality. Even though 
they're almost entirely. That's like a challenge of like, how do you take like a figurative painting and make it sort of like have that quality? And sometimes they're like, there's like very, the paintings are like very central, like there's just a central image, you know? But even within that, it'll be about like injured, like I do a lot with color. So the color will become the sort of focus, even though there's a central thing happening, you start looking at the color as like, oh, the interplay of color becomes sort of. So those are rules. A little bit. I mean, a little bit. Do you, do you get, did you feel as if, Maybe when you were approached for the first couple shows during these times, if you felt like there was going to be like, I don't want to say pressure. I don't think pressure is the right word, but was there a sort of understanding that some of the, some of the images that you make were going to be very reflective of these, of this time, even if you didn't mean to. Um, yeah. And I, Cause I didn't really address your previous question about like these words reflecting the times and, I just think it's uh, I think it's kind of accidental, and now we're at a point where it's like, well, now it could, it could be con- accidentally construed as literal. Well, first of all, like I don't think no one has approached me to like I don't think that's implicit in like people like moving forward at these times. Like I think people in the world of art making have the art always have this like larger picture in mind, right? I mean, I think that's like a, like an essential part of like people in the world of art is like, you're always thinking about the past and the future, like almost to a fall. Right. Yeah. The present, the present tense is like the hardest thing to talk about. Yes. And no one wants to be like the present tense person. Right. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's like this sense of like, well, we're already moving on. Like, don't be, you know, like we're already like, but I think for me, like personally, like I did a piece, I did this piece that was like about the pandemic early on for the New York times. And it was like this little, like, it was like, it, they, they told me to do it as like a pandemic diary. And they wanted like five images and five pieces of text that they would like run in serial. And then they sort of like, didn't get back to me cause it was like <laughs> pandemic time. So it was just like months went on and I just kept doing it. Like I was like, I don't know when they're, I guess this is canceled, but I just kept doing it. So I ended up having all these images that I had, you know, very vaguely, like, kind of like, like, you know, because there's so many things going on in the series, like one of the things that's sort of happening. Right. And so I had like all these images to pull from. I pulled from them almost the way I would for a show. Mm-hmm. And But it wasn't, you know, but it's not for a show. It's to it's be very concise and pers- like it was like a personal diary that's going to be like published in, it was, I think it was just on their website, but it was like published by the New York Times to go out. To a lot of people. Yeah. To a lot of people. Right. So it was, you know, it's like those like, so I was put in this circumstance. It was totally, it's like the reason I take on projects like that, because it puts you in this circumstance. That's not the same as pressure. It's like this opportunity. So like what I found was like, whoa, that's cool to be very personal. And I did these sort of like personal, like I wrote something that's like a, yeah, I wrote these small things and did these and created these images and sort of combined these images that weren't like, they didn't have to go together. I, it was like writing and like images and like some of them were images of my family and they were truly like painted from, from life mm-hmm. in a way that is part of like what I do. Like when I travel, I'll work at Sketchbooker. And I think that's that thing of like having like through projects, like projects is the best way to like have 
like the studio is in a vacuum, right? The studio like extends out into the world constantly. It goes to my home. It goes out into the world. It has like, there's, there's people reach out for projects. Like it's this constant porous right. play. And so it's like occupying that with work. And this was like another way to like extend. So this was like very, it was like, Oh, this is like viable. Like just to be personal. And I said, for myself, like doing it was like, Oh, like I don't do that in my, yeah. you know, I don't reveal that. Like, and that's not a rule. There's no rules. It's like, and it's never personal, you know? The previously, like the sort of like what was personal about the work was this like it was just like about looking deep, looking internally, like looking inside, looking inside, looking inside, which is slightly different than doing something personal. Like, I don't know what the difference is, but what you're saying is like you're still surprised by your practice this many years into it. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of like, which is the best feeling, right? I mean, it's the best part of it. Yeah. Which I think is like back to your thing about writing. Like, I think it's absolutely like I'm not a writer, but I do write as part of my process. And part of like having writing as part of my process is it always delivers that. That like I'm never not surprised when I write something that actually reflects my intention. You know what I mean? Like when you like actually like, wait, even though that might not make sense to someone else if they read this, I know that that's exactly what I meant to say. And you know, but for me, that takes 10 very, you know, it takes all this effort. You know, I'm not, I'm very, I'm a very like labored writer, like for to get something off successful. So I think that is like, yes, I'm, it is amazing that I can still surprise myself, but I think there's like many, like, I think as a writer, you would understand like that, that is like, the cruel yeah. game of creativity like, yeah, like you're this kind of, is unbelievable you're, like how can i still be surprising myself you know, yeah or, you're still kind of because you're still chasing it yeah that those good moments you're like yeah fuck yeah i got it yes <laughs> yeah it, which is crazy yeah it is crazy like, um, i mean or like i mean you can like you know you read about writers who are like banging out pages of novels in a day so there is a point and then there's aspects of my practice that are like that where yeah. i can be like like i can just like like go like create but you really like the reality is like the thin edge of the wedge is that point when you're surprising yourself for me. Right. You know, where you're like going, you're not just doing those 10 pages a day or whatever, like in your element. And, you know, like the, there is that other point that, that maybe leads to those, but I don't know. Right. But where you're sort of surprising yourself or, or expanding the practice. This, this goes to like something that I, I was talking about. I wrote actually earlier today when I was writing something else. Um, was this thing about like we always ask people what they're listening to? Like, you're listening, what music are you listening to? What podcast? But it's like we never asked anyone. Like, what do you, what do you, like, what are you listening to? Like, what are you actually taking in? Yes. What is in your your biosphere? What right. is in your bubble? Yeah. Right? If you are doing something creative every day like your biosphere is kind of a it's a weird space like some people is like super super weird you know yeah. i mean i guess everybody is like some people would might think mine is weird but like so, like what are you listening to right now i'm listening to in the morning i've been listening to um there's this new which is like perfect timing for like a having a lot of paintings do like a bill evans box set that came out yes. that's like we still love bill evans it's yeah. like it's like it's amazing because they now re- release like box sets like digitally like it's just on Spotify or whatever. Yeah, like so Bill you, Evans for seven and a half hours. And it's like that sounds good I mean, to me. I don't know. I haven't been <laughs> to the bottom yet. I haven't scrolled down. But the fact I think it's like, I mean, it's one of those things you'd see 
like at the record store and it'd be like $75 and it'd be, and you would never, right. I was just like, because you know how many times you have to flip that record over every single time? Like you're like, okay, well, well, it would be, it would be so many records. Yeah. It's like five CDs or something. Yeah. Um, sort of disrespectful to Bill Evans. But no, we I'll love like Bill Evans. It's fine. In the morning. And then like, I have like these phases and then I'll listen to like uh SoundCloud mixes, like at some point in the day, that'll be like techno, like, I'll be like, oh, like this is the point of day where it'll be like I listen to dub techno, which is like hard, grainy, like cold. It's great. Uh, just <laughs> beats. That's just like gets you through. But then I and I'll you know and then you know it's very mood based. But I find like that's like this strange rhythm these days, which is like it's like the music equivalent of like coffee. I, I feel like I would do a disservice if I didn't ask about the band's release. The band's thing is like in the sketchbook, it's like so many pages. <laughs> it's like it's overwrought. Now what? I mean, it's like an experiment in how many like ideas to not use the word ideas can go into one one project. Now is that because you're dealing with like, and I wonder like when you're dealing with like sort of a silhouette or something that is so well known. That there's so many different ways you can interpret that sort of per, that that kind of like uh, that foundation. Is that kind of why? I think a little bit. I think it's like Vans is like. I mean, one of the things like you know, it's like you, I use pro, like projects come in, and I sort of use projects to like talk about to like it's sort of like the opposite of what you would think. Like that it's like oh, you experiment in your personal in your like gallery shows where you have total freedom and then you apply those experiments to commercial projects whereas like for me it's like the opposite love it like i use like commercial projects as like prompts so sort of like the new york times piece was like that was like a prompt to be like diaristically personal and revealing and talk about my family yeah right yeah yeah like something that i'm not going to do in a show like naturally right right but it was like a great it opened up this way to like basically painting faces. Like it led directly to painting faces because it was like, it like broke this sort of cold wall. Right. And then with the Vans project, it was like, I took it on as like, okay, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like familiar. Like we've all seen like artist collabs. So it was like, Oh, it's up to me then to be like, what do I, what do I actually bring to this? Or like, what am I interested in getting out of it? So it was for me, it was like, like exploring personal history through like product and like graphic design. Right. So like I, you know, like it was like, it's not about like what I want to wear. It was like, there's all these, it was like, how deep can I go with something so sort of easily dismissed, right? Like a pair of Vans or like a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. So like, like one of the things like I explored was this, like the first time I, so this is sort of like speaks to like, there's a lot of different things going on in it, but one of this sort of explains like one of the dimensions to it, which is like the first time I saw Vans was, um, I was at sailing camp. Like I would go sailing as a kid, like do camp. And it was like sailboat camp. And like one of the camp counselors was wearing Vans. So I remember the moment, like I first saw Vans and they were like checkers slip on bands. And it was like, you know, I'm in Canada where like in Canada, like you couldn't get 
like at that time, it was strange, but like you couldn't get Levi's, you couldn't, it was like living in like Czechoslovakia, okay. which is strange. Like there wasn't exactly distribution for everything. Like okay. things would like come across, but it was such a, I mean, Calgary was like not a big town. There just wasn't any demand or there weren't dis- distributors. Yeah, I guess yeah. is what it, yeah, yeah. There was something like there were no distributors at that time. So we would get some stuff, but not everything. Right. But I knew right away, I was like, whatever those are, that's like, it's like, like drugs. Like, it's like, that's what I want. Like, and, and I, and I think back of like how that kid, you know, he seemed like a man, but he was probably like a 16 year old. (laughs) And like, I was thinking how like, uh, uh, irresponsible it is to like show up in that, like what? these shoes like <laughs> he knew what he was doing you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah. It's like you know what i mean like it's like and at, when you're a kid you just think like of course that guy has those because he's like the coolest person on earth right you know but he just like went to california and bought a pair of shoes you know like i take that thinking like something like it's diaristic and i created like a brand out of that so i made this little brand that's like a sailing brand and all these little references to sailing. And like, so there's like, you can get a sweatshirt that has like, like a, basically like a, an invented like sailing school logo on it. Like if that's what I'm doing in my art, if I'm looking internal and I'm using these sort of like personal materials to take these steps towards something, like it's not, it's not like I'm not messing with the consumer. The idea is like, no, there's something about this that will connect. And then there will be like, as a total believer in the almost mystical properties of design and visuals, Mm -hmm. because of my intention, my intentions were to create that, that recreate that visual dynamic catharsis of seeing a guy wearing bands, right? I'm like reaching for that. That's my pointing space. So like, how do I get there? Right. So some of it's like literally making these sailing images. And then some of it's just like, I just invented other brands, like inventing things that no one has ever seen before. So I'm inventing, I invented all these brands that no one's, cause it's like, that's what I saw. I saw the unknown, right. but I liked it. Right. 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 So it's like, how do I recreate? So I recreated all these brands of the unknown. And what you're doing too, is you're develop, you're, you're almost like you're designing the memories that we have when we see things that kind of change our perceptions. I mean, it, it, when you see, like, when you, like for somebody, it's like they saw like the Sessions snowboard logo yeah. and they didn't even know what a snowboard was. Right. But they see Sessions, you know, that's like what we have. We have like, I mean, to a fault, you know, I think our culture, we have, we speak to each other through brands. We speak to each other through iconography. There's this whole world of language that we've handed off to business, to commerce, to corporations. Then the, you know, there's this right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this kind of like conversation that we're always having. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like in our like if you you know, it's like sort of like when you t- test your blood. Now it's like full of like like Teflon and like microplastics or whatever. Like we are all full of the microplastics that are branding. Right. So it's like. So it's like, like that is like such an essential part of our connection to each other, to the world, right? So it's like through this, like making this thing for Vans, it's like I'm taking on like sort of like that sort of thinking, like in within a product design, there can be like connections, there can be 
like for me, like, like a self understanding or like going through like an internal, like my own personal history and yeah um it's like those things that i value there's room for like lack of a better uh phrasing but it's like a little there's a little room for some bill evans freestyle within these kind of confines of like what it is that we know about brands yes there's like a little bit of this ability to kind of be the extreme of consciousness a little bit yeah i mean i think that i mean it's i mean it is like there's an expectation in jazz for there to be quotation like it's like you know i was reading this book that but it was, I, I think it was like Jeff Dyer talking about jazz and he was talking about like in, in jazz, like the history is explicit that within the playing, like you don't need a jazz historian because the, when you listen to jazz, it carries the history within the form. Mm-hmm. And that really rang true to like the world I operated. So within like when you're opera, which I, the world I love to do stuff for, for stuff like Vans, because it's like, it's enmeshed with culture. So the culture carries its history. It's like, it's for, it's like, it's like jazz for the literates. Yeah. You know, it's like, we are all literate in jazz to some degree. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's sort of like, um, we are all literate in what the sort of like, these sort of like design, uh, I don't even know what it's like cultural like entities like bands or something. So there's this like literacy. So like when you do something, it carries with it that history. Yeah. And so it's like, it, it becomes these sort of like opportunities to like add to this. Yeah. So like I did this question, I mean, there's like five shoes and like there's clothes and there's all this stuff and that's like just one aspect. So it's like, there's all these, like there's so much, it's like, how much can I bring you know, to a collaboration that could be dismissed as like, pick some nice colors, make some nice graphics, put it on a shoe. Right. You know, but it's like sort of like challenging myself to be like, what's the other side of that? You know? And then what happened like for you, cause we, we've, you've given me so much time. This is amazing. But so for you, like what happens to all the work that you, that doesn't make it to the, that, that does, that, you know, gets put on the cutting room floor or whatever. Like, do you, do you reference even the stuff that never happened? Never happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. In my own and work. That, and, that, and that's what the notebook's all about. Yes. So the notebook carries, like, there's no – I mean, that's, like, why it's worth pursuing this stuff on this, like, personal level, you know? Because it's not like, well, that was, like, me making an interpretation of bands and won't bands love this? Because that gives no use – to vans or me right like it's like oh if i use this as like a as like a vehicle for creating something new like exploring like you know really like sort of like pushing myself it's like then i take away from it and then vans get sort of like the best of me yeah they get the best you know like like so it's like i like the demands that i put on, like on the project were much higher than they like, would never be in a brief Right. It would be a, like a nightmare brief, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like the nightmare assignment. Like make a okay, do like a collab, but make it intensely personal. Right. And like like we want each piece of the line to relax, reflect some aspect of your personal history. It'd be like no, I that's it. You know, you would just say you would be like no, but like I sort of like over slowly as I started working on the project, it sort of develops into that. So in a sense, not to sound cheesy, but let's be cheesy. Uh, you are like in this notebook, like you are kind of listening to yourself a little bit. 
you know. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's like a, I mean, I'm like, I think it's like, I hope that like an echo chamber is more important. <sighs> like I've made the echo chamber. I used echo chamber today in this sentence. I'm so glad you used it because it's like, it's <laughs> this echo, the phrase echo chamber has been coming back, back uh, straight. Thank you. I think echo chamber has been like, it's like used if like you read echo chamber in like the wall street journal, it's like used in the context of like political discourse. Yeah. 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 For sure. In a negative way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like the studio is like, yes, as much as it's open. I mean, I, I know for myself, like, like, it's like, we live in this like visual world. Like there's no turning that off. Right. Like you can't turn off what you see in the world. So like that, that the studio is, has to have like a certain amount of absorbent, you know, like in sound studios, they have those wall, those baffles and one side soft Mm -hmm. and one side's hard. And I definitely know like artists whose practice is like all hard surfaces. And it's like the culture's coming in. It's reflecting off their work. It's going back out. It's being interpreted of the time. And it's like my studio is very much like it's like the other side of the baffle. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm in the world, but like I want to slow. <laughs> you know, I don't want there to be like these over references. It's like it's like I mean, it's just like in the band thing. It's like there was nothing that is there's very, like I mean, there's things that you can feel like that's like of like the sailing world. Like, oh, that looks like sailing stuff. But like it, there's nothing like referential or like you know, like of the, this sort of like, I'm using, I'm using this like this and mm-hmm. I put these things together. It feels like that sort of inventive, like, I, I think what you said just then about this idea, the studio echo chamber and not thinking about that as a negative thing, thinking that actually as a, as a evolving, growing, morphing, metamorphosizing, all this stuff is, is actually, it's, it's, that's speaks to, I think a really, really good way of, of talking about practice. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. And like how, I mean, I sort of leave that to you because I think that is like to explore this idea of, yeah, like echoing within the studio and like, is it like snowballing things and things coming back? Yeah. Like long delay. Yeah. No, uh, this, thank you. This was great.